Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Wednesday, April 8th. Going to keep things light today, just going to talk about some of the storylines that emerged in the professional tennis world. Want to share some of the really cool things that I have been reading from the many great members of the tennis media. So many uh, of us taking this time now to get to that piece we had sitting there or just some of the reporting that's been done on the many players and you know how they're all reacting to this coronavirus pandemic. Some really good reporting done over this past you know month, month and a half. So want to highlight those that I think are continuing to kill it and some of the pieces they have come out with recently as well as you know give you guys some news from the tennis twitter universe because it took us by storm today when whenever roger federer tweets it seems like it gets the attention of everyone and that was certainly the case this past tuesday but before i can get into any of that the reason I have to let you know why these podcasts are possible, and of course, they are made possible by our friends at Diadem Sports. Do I tell you that they're going to help you elevate your game by designing the most innovative performance tennis gear on the planet? No. Again, you already know that. They're beautifully aqua blue Elevate 98 for those who require precision and control. Those with the Nova 100 who have that explosive power game. Think uh, Pat Rafter, Nova 100. That's a little sneak peek of a CR Classic we have coming up. They've got the racket for you. They've also got multiple different sets of strings that can help accentuate your game depending on your style of play. They've got the elite tennis balls. They've got the swag, hooded sweatshirts, T-shirts, drawstring bags for you to carry your gear to and from the courts when we get back to playing tennis, when everything is safe and sound. And you also know that you can get 50% off using our promo code CR50. So go to their website right now, diademsports.com. Use that promo code CR50. Again, Now we're not going to have many tennis needs if you're self-quarantining, doing what you have to do to stay safe. But should you have any... All of them can be fulfilled by shopping at diademsports.com. And you'll save a little money in your pocket by using that promo code CR50 as well. They are so kind to us, so supportive. The least we can do is ask you, the listeners, to support them. Uh, so that be, you know, that being said, actually, let's start with the fun stuff then because I talk about tennis needs. And you know, over these past couple of weeks, a lot of us have been creative to get our tennis fix in, whether it's we find a wall near us, or you have a garage, or you know, whatever on your apartment building, there's an open open wall. We have seen so many non-professionals, but also so many professional players just finding ways to be creative to get their tennis in. And of course, today, Roger Federer sets the tennis Twitter world off uh, by storm, I suppose, on the East Coast. He posted it in the morning, and it was the story for the majority of the day. He just posted himself in an all-white outfit, white shoes, a white top hat. And I would describe it as Brad Gilbert-esque. For those of you who watched the show, white collar, Neil Caffrey-esque. Uh, it's fashionable. It's certainly something he would wear on a championship Sunday at Wimbledon if he was just sitting in the crowd. Uh, they'd put him in the royal box, and it's literally just him video, uh, video, a video of him, I should say, stuttering, 
stand there. I apologize, but just a video of him volleying against the wall, and it's just calm. It's it's you know he varies speed, varies pace. It's incredible to see his strength, of course, and his touch. But it inspired so many out there to post videos of themselves doing that today and Federer was kind enough to comment on all the people who tagged him give his advice comment on their outfit you know it's the sort of relief we all need right now and it was a really cool video and the fun part was immediately of course the number one competitor in Roger Federer's life the thorn in his side Novak Djokovic comes out right away with his own video Djokovic rocking the short shorts full head of hair and I was debating this with Kale Hammond of course our friend who works at Tennis Channel I feel like Djokovic purposefully did not wear a hat he's trying to say hey Roger I still have a full head of hair can you and maybe even Novak say the same and you know Federer uh, Djokovic showing on his volleys maybe it's good that he's working on his volleys in this downtime. Certainly in that 2011 French Open semifinal that we talked about on CR Classics, uh, the volleys were not exactly where they need to be. But it was just so fun to see these players, all of these players from Federer, Djokovic to Christian, all the way down embracing uh, this opportunity to stay engaged, stay connected with the tennis community. You know, there's a reason why we've all loved Federer, Djokovic, Nadal, Serena, the, the head of our sports, the most vibrant personalities, because of how engaging they can be. Uh, but it's so cool to see so many players as well embrace uh, their creative sides from Christiane, who we had yesterday on the Cracked Interviews podcast. She's, of course, been everywhere over these past couple of months, the WTA Player Council rep, whose wealth of knowledge, wealth of entertainment, uh, or I guess entertaining skills. She's just, she's a talent, a champ. I can't speak fondly enough about her. Uh, She's from her TikToks, Laura Robson, uh, just, you know, Stan Wawrinka, Benoit Paire. The list can go on and on and on. But it's been so great to see the creative sides of so many of these players stand out. And, of course, we show our highlights of those videos and more each week on our Overserved, which uh, segment video, I should say, where we talk about all of the comedy that happens week in, week out, the funniest moments. We do our best to recreate some of them. You all can go find that on our YouTube channel right now at Cracked Rackets. It's three clicks, so come on, subscribe. What else are you doing right now? Uh, what else do we have? It's crazy that this wasn't the headline, but I think Grigor and Venus were doing some sort of fitness thing on Instagram, and Venus goaded Grigor into showing off his six-pack, and he did it. Like, First of all, if you've got it, flaunt it, so shout out to Grigor, but what a joke. Like, This is where we're at, folks. Grigor's flashing his six-pack, and it's news. And it's entertaining, to be honest. Again, I, I fully laughed, and credit to him. Uh, again, if I had that, I would never wear a shirt. Um, but crazy. I mean, it was just funny, and it was a good piece of content, so shout out to them. Uh, oh, we've got some other stuff to go through. Let's switch gears now. Uh, let's talk about some of the more serious things and you know, something we have talked about with so many guests on our Cracked Interviews podcast, on our Mini Break podcast you know, uh, ten- what what happens to tennis right now, given that all of these players are individual contractors, given that there are no unions and, you know, tournaments are fighting to survive, the idea of compensating players on top of that when there's no uniform tennis governing body, when the ATP and the WTA separate entities, again, neither have unions. Uh, what goes on in this time? Because it's an existential crisis, certainly for the game of tennis. And, uh, 
our, our one of the writers I am most fond of, uh, Reem Abulail, uh, who has written for so many different pieces. She wrote for the National.ae talking about she the title quote Tennis's messy structure has left ten, has left players vulnerable during coronavirus crisis. Is it time for a union? And Reem makes the case. She talks about and in the piece she includes uh, clips from I should say quotes from. Christian from Noah Rubin from WTA CEO Steve Simon and others and you know coaches who are taking a hit she talks about how look of course right now uh, pl- the player unions for each side are gathering are trying to figure out because it's a battle of both time getting relief to as many players as quickly as possible but also the resources do they have the resources to do this sort of thing a universal basic income or just you know supplementing all these players helping them get by at this time is there money to do that and the problem is right now there's no unifying governing structure. There's no single body. There's no tennis commissioner to turn to to say, hey, this is what we're going to do in this time of crisis. Everyone is really on their own, and that's a struggle beyond just you know the physical and the me- the physical uh, aspects, the money side, the financial struggles. It's a mental struggle as well. And look, calls for unions are not something new. And uh, we actually have a mini break coming out tomorrow with Paul Anacone where we discuss things like unionization, universal basic income, the need for a tennis commissioner. And they're not novel concepts, but certainly at a time like this, when this crisis is facing all of us, there are things that are on the top of our minds. And look, uh, the quote in here talks about, and I don't want to give the full piece away, but how someone said at 200, you know, uh, or that's, I guess, the Patrick Moore loop, but this idea that unless you're inside the top 50, top 100, you're just not going to make a living. And how is that acceptable in a sport that has, you know, millions, if not maybe billions, uh, lower side of the billions, but still hundreds of millions of followers across the globe. And I, I, I think my stance on unionization is clear. I'm a fan of it. I think the players should bargain collectively and together. Now, of course, collectively and together mean the same thing. Hey, great shot to me. But, of course, because it's an international sport, there are different laws regarding unions in different places and different countries. And, of course, that's something to navigate as well. And I understand there are financial constraints on the tennis world. We can't just expect every tennis player to go, whoever goes pro ever, regardless of your level, whether you're, you know, the top 1,000, the edges of the top 1,000 versus being a top three guy. To expect all of them to make hundred thousands of dollars, that's ridiculous. That I don't think anyone's calling for that, and I want to make that clear. Now, to expect even the 1,000 guy in the world to make $50,000, that might even be a stretch just because of the financial constraints facing the tour. You have to answer this question in reality. There's not an endless pool of money. Yes, a tournament like Indian Wells, which Ream reports lost a reported $40 million, they can survive something like that because they have Larry Ellison bankrolling the event. And Larry Ellison can bankroll an event, but he's not going to bankroll the entire tour. And, you know, things that we are so grateful for all of Oracle, of course, and what they do for college tennis and tennis at large. But there's no, you know, there's no centralized body, and so that's why these calls for unionization. And you know, Paul Anacone talks about how these problems have existed and why uh, something like the coronavirus pandemic puts a highlight, you know, highlights them in the conversation surrounding tennis right now and how because we all have downtime, we have chance at downtime's the wrong way, but because of all of our circumstances, we have time to think about these issues facing tennis. But I think Reem does a really good job of making the case for why a union would be helpful, why you know financial uh, support for these players at a time like this, what issues face tennis at large, how this pandemic has exposed some of the in, in, you know 
the uh, structural flaws in our sport. She makes an excellent case. So again, I would encourage everyone to go read the piece. Tennis's messy structure has left players vulnerable during coronavirus. Is it time for a union at the national.ae? Um, I also just to expand on this topic further, I know Patrick Mortelou today released a letter talking about how you know inequality in tennis is worse than in any other sport. And he talks about, again, uh, it's only the, the top of the game who can survive and if you're outside the top 100 you don't have a chance and it's time for us to come together and stop you know arguing about the little things and solve that problem and again I'm all with him on the message I do wish we you know we could come together and start talking about solutions throwing things out there I like the idea of universal basic income Mark Lucero talks about that and you get a certain amount of money based on your starting position in the rankings and then first round losses at tournaments no longer pay anything but it's every win you get supplements your income that's a concrete idea I, it's very easy to rag on tennis and say why isn't there money for everyone I, and that's starting to frustrate me because again let's live in reality folks uh, of course things I, you know, I would love for the tour to be able to guarantee health care for any players to anyone who gets injured while playing a professional match you don't have to worry about those expenses we would love that for all of us in our lives at all times but that's just not a reality but things like you know again the universal basic income is a big one i will turn to the idea of players collectively bargaining with tournaments as a whole to take out you know there's a lot of things such as appearance fees and i I wish i was well sourced enough to tell you how much players are making on a tournament by tournament basis i'm not but I know that appearance fees drive a lot of what events the top players played. And you think if tournaments, yes, would the top players be as, spoiled's the wrong word, that's not what I'm looking for, would they be as well off perhaps? No, and they would take a hit if appearance fees went down. But if you're sacrificing appearance fees for the greater good of the game, considering so many of these top players, even without the appearance fees, are making you know, especially at the top 10 who command the highest appearance fees, millions of dollars as well. And again, this will come out of their pocket. That's why the idea of unionization is always tough because every player wants to be top 10 someday. And once you're top 10 and you have the advertisements and you have the appearance fees, to be asked to give that up for a player who's 850 in the world, yeah, yeah, right. You know, that's just all of us personally, that's how we would feel. But there's money, there's money available. There are certainly, you know, Places that tournaments could turn to, again, not to just center on appearance fees, but that's an obvious one. And if you take those away, how much money is now available for all of these different players at all of these different events? You know, what else can you do in terms of capping how much the Grand Slams make? I know Grand Slams want to be able to pay their pairs, incentivize Grand Slams to be the best tournament. But, you know, does... Does the, the U.S. Open really need to go from $2.5 million purse to $5.5 million purse? Can't we find a better way to spend those $3 million? And I know the U.S. Open, again, is its own event. It's a crown prize on itself, and you could apply this to any of the majors. But isn't it healthier for the sport at large? Won't we see a higher quality at the U.S. Open? And then subsequently, because it's a higher quality product, we'd have more fans, more TV sponsors, all of these different revenue falls if the game is healthier at the lower levels as well. To me, it's an obvious answer of yes. And I know that was a loaded argument, but... You know, it's twofold again. I, I just I want to hear solutions at this point. I think we're all aware that there's a problem. And again, it's really easy to just be like, see, ATP, WTA, ITF, you all suck. And I don't think that's fair, especially at a time like this. And I'm not 
accusing anyone in particular, you know, again, that a voice like Patrick Mortelou is willing to talk about these things is, of course, beneficial. But I do think it's time to look at solutions. And so that's what I, you know, I'll be brainstorming solutions, of course. And that's why we are so grateful that so many people are willing to come on this mini break podcast and make the case and talk about these subjects candidly. And I think you all should really be sure to check in tomorrow for our conversation with Paul Anacone because we start off with that conversation and then get into a bunch of other fun stuff as well. So that's my rant for the day. What else do I have? Saw a really cool article in the New York Times from Christopher Clary, live from a Connecticut backyard. It's a sport, and guess what that sport is? Platform Tennis Championships, and it was a live sport. ESPN streamed it. It's in the tennis family. It was with a friend of ours, Harry Chickama, uh, who we got the chance to meet uh, when we went up uh, for Vermont. Uh, yeah, and he you know, was very kind to us, so of course it was cool to see him get to do this event. Um, and yeah, it's just cool, you know, at a time like this when we're all trying to see sports that they seem to conduct it in a safe way without jeopardizing anyone. It was just nice to see. And so, you know, credit to those guys. Again, another great piece from Christopher Clary. So be sure to go read that in the New York Times. Support journalism. It matters now more than ever. Some other really cool things. Chris Young at Oklahoma State uh, working with, uh, I believe, Our Daily Bread FRC and their ability to help meet the needs of uh, the Stillwater community during this time. Time. They are helping give out boxes uh, at, you know, they just giving out food for those in need. And it's just a really cool thing to see uh, so many schools, so many different people step up. Of course, Nick Kyrgios the other day posting about how tomorrow he's going to try or tomorrow back when he posted this but how in the near future he'll be doing as many deliveries as he can to help people who are hungry right now telling them to stay strong, just using the resources available at his disposal to help as many people as possible. That's freaking awesome. And, of course, the Andy Roddick Foundation as well launched the Family Emergency Fund to help families in low-income neighborhoods get access to meals, receive tech devices for online learning, supplies, books, and more. So if you can help, go to that arfoundation.org, help donate to the Family Emergency Fund, and shout out to all these people who continue uh, to help uh, – all of us, not just in the tennis community, but beyond, come together as we try to get through this pandemic. Last thing for you all, want to give a shout out to the ITA and Lebedeff Leadership Award nominees. It's an award, of course, endowed by Billie Jean King that uh, focuses on, uh, you know, honors the recent college graduate who played college tennis and demonstrated excellence on and off the court, leadership on his or her team, as well as his or her college campus and in his or her community, you know, a commitment to to social justice and equality, and the will have pushed others to be leaders in addition, uh, in addition to demonstrating his or her own leadership. This year's nominees, congratulations to Meeple Chi of Duke, Emma Kassan of Swarthmore, Daniel Park, Claremont Scripps, Aria, Ar, yeah, Ariane. Ariadna, yeah, we'll leave that in. Ariadna Riley of Tennessee and Greg Sovi of Princip. Uh, Principia? Yeah, Principia College of D3. Shout out to all of you. That is awesome. And again, it's cool to see uh, you know awards like this in a time like that. I'm sure we'll hear about the All-American Awards soon. It'll be an excuse to get Chris and Matt back on the podcast. And of course, if you've missed anything, we had Chris and Matt on last week. If you've missed any of our mini break podcasts, I think they've all held up. That is the one 
you know, again, one of the things at, during this time is some of the conversations we've had. Uh, it, it, I think they've all held up. It's not the day-to-day results, but just conversations about the sport at large. And so, again, if these conversations can provide any of you a momentary distraction from the stresses of day-to-day life, we'll be doing our job here at Crack Rackets. And Super Producer Daniel Westoff has been doing his job for sure. He has just been killing it on our YouTube channel, which all of you guys should go check out, whether it's overserved our new video segment, poking fun at all of the comedy that happens in the tennis tour week in week week out see our classics our look at some of the best matches in tennis history with highlights of those matches filled in the first one we did jamie mcdonald and myself talking 2011 french open another one coming to you all next week's uh cracked interviews wise christian claire lou dennis kudla bethany maddox sands chris woodruff so many good guests so be sure to go check those out check out the great chat podcast as well like rate subscribe review all of those podcasts please share them with your friends and again thank you to all of you who reach out during this time um, any support we get from you guys it means the world to us so thank you so much and if you need someone to talk to you guys can always reach out on instagram twitter facebook youtube at cracked rackets or personally if you want to chat with me it's at great shot pod as i mentioned shout out to the super producers max Ligner and daniel westoff for the of an any job they do day in day out they continue to kill it that's why we're able to do what we can and if you've missed anything, go to the website, CrackedRackets.com. But for our sponsors, Diadem Sports, which, again, use that promo code CR50. Get 50% off all of your tennis needs. For uh, my super producers, Max Flingner and Daniel Westhoff, and for all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. And you know what we say, folks. That's the break. And we'll see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com.